Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast, the podcast where we talk about all the newest books in the X-Men line. But today we're reviewing something a little different, reviewing House of M. I'm your host, Nick, accompanied by the ever-disappearing... This shit again? Yeah, this shit again. Like, you're getting skinnier again. No, I'm not. Uh, a little bit. A little, little bit. bit. The, um, the... Hi, everybody. This is Josh. Uh, remember when I told you all this was the medicated Josh? You finally found a medication that works. Downside, appetite suppressor. <laughs> so uh, this is your friend Josh reminding everybody to eat. You know, it's important to remind yourself to eat, even when you think, well, I'm not really hungry now. I'll eat later. Just eat. Just eat now. Just eat now. It's fine. Three meals a day. It's not that hard. Three meals a day and at least 20 to 25 snacks. Yes. So we're talking about house events today, but first... Let's get into some news. Did you hear the news about uh, Comic-Con coming back? No, I did not actually hear this. It's the dumbest thing ever because they officially announced Comic-Con's going to come back, which I'm fine with, you know, if everything's safe and regulated and hopefully by then enough vaccinations happen. When do you think the date for Comic-Con is, Josh? I would hope late fall. It is Thanksgiving weekend. What a bunch of idiots. And immediately every writer and like, actors like so you want us to have our first thanksgiving with our family that we might be able to actually have as a big group you want us to actually come to california for comic-con what what a, who thought that was a good idea that talk about like an organization that just thinks they everything revolves around them you know what i mean like <laughs> they are so used to just being the biggest fucking thing in the world that they they clearly at, at no point thought to themselves Maybe we're not bigger than Thanksgiving. Yeah, maybe like when people haven't seen their family, legit have not seen their family for yeah. over a year. Like <laughs> they shouldn't be fucking doing that. Let's make people choose between seeing a grandparent that miraculously survived versus, <laughs> um, I don't know, Trailer. fucking Will Wheaton. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, okay, I, I guess, you know, like you can come see fucking Mark hamill or you can see your father <laughs> who you haven't seen in a fucking calendar year <laughs> you choose it's up to you choose. it's fine what so that's axis. happening i hope they change the date because immediately I so too. yeah i mean if if the fucking creators and and celebrities are like no i'm not going then they'll have to change the date otherwise right who the fuck's gonna like pay to see like like you and I, they'll then come to us and be like, can you host a panel? Like, that's how bad it'll be. You know what I mean? It won't be Jay and Miles at Comic-Con. They'll be like, ah, oh, we found Nick and Josh. <laughs> Tickets are free. Uh, so, yeah, that's one that I thought was kind of crazy. I heard that you have a little surprise for me. What's going on? I do have a surprise for you. Speaking of our growing popularity and just all the people knocking down our doors to fucking have us host panels. We got a new review on the uh, iTunes, whatever the fuck it's called, podcast thingy. So, uh, yeah, yeah, this is from uh, Dark Dam or Dark Dame. I'm not, I'm not quite sure how they want their username pronounced, but title five X's, nicely done. However, they also gave us five stars. Wouldn't have been hilarious if they were like five X's, one star. <laughs> 
thank you for not doing that. But thank you for not doing that. I, it does actually help us to not have one-star reviews. So thank you for saving us from ourselves. Um, their review is, it so th- it's so thank I'm so thankful, I think is the typo. I'm so thankful to have found this podcast. My friends don't really read X-Men. So this is the next best thing. Keep it up, guys. Sweet. That's what we were saying last week too, man. I really like it when people like just think of us as like, part of their friends group that they're hanging out with you know like since we all can't just hang out at the comic shop and talk shit anymore you can hang out with us and talk shit but you know without all the we unintentionally strive for just like you know we could be scripted and be more structured but who wants that we're just hanging out with our friends somebody wanted that i remember but (laughs) well if if you're still listening not gonna happen so i mean this also might be our most structured episode (laughs) can we before we get into this so as as nick said at the top today's episode is all about uh house of m and as i was finishing my day of work today uh i i looked down to a text message (laughs) from, from my dear friend nick i and it is i believe 400 meters worth of text <laughs> breaking down this episode he my man took fucking notes today y'all we are we are in for a treat <laughs> or this is going to be a disaster <laughs> a little bit of column a column b as usual as usual yeah, I was hoping when I sent you that, it was going to send you the notes file, not yeah, just that, the entire thing. Yeah, that would have been cool. Uh, Apple, since, you know, we're on your podcast app, surely you must listen to us, right? <laughs> listen, Steve Apple, if I could talk to you real quick. Um, Isn't he dead? No, I, I'm sorry. Tim Apple, my bad. Yeah, Tim Apple, right. if I could talk to you um, <laughs> just for a moment. Yeah, we're um, talking to the dead. Hopefully, you know. Welcome to the Seance Podcast, um, <laughs> where we communicate with dead uh tech bros um yeah do something about fucking sending note files via text like that's ridiculous that it just comes as a massive text message yeah i didn't know that like that was weird when i sent you i was like wait a minute what i thought <laughs> i think i learned that when i tried to send a note file to you maybe like i, I looked at it as like all text message i'm like well that doesn't look good that's not gonna help <laughs> that's not he's never gonna read that shit <laughs> and i did it so um yeah before we get in the house of them it is kind of weird jumping into House of M if you haven't read the um, the lead-in book, kind of, which was Avengers Disassembled. But before we get into all that, this era of Marvel comics is actually kind of special to me because this, in a weird way, was my era. Like, yes, I read, like, 90s Spider-Man and X-Men, but this era is the first time I read multiple books. Yeah, and this would have been... This also would have been your era in the sense of, like, this would have been, what, your high school years? Yeah, I won't just, this is 2005, so I won't just start high school or, yeah. Know. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So this, you know, like, yeah, that that really makes sense that this is, like, the ones that grabbed you because this is, like, the ones you're discovering on your own and not, like, yeah. that were in just back issues and shit. Well, what happened was, at this time, I was reading mainly indie books because, you know, I was a cool indie kid, you know, I had a soul patch, all that cool stuff I had in high school. Um, <laughs> I did, I had a soul patch in high school. I thought you that had a fucking me. soul patch? In a, I can't I judge like, you, dude. I, I, I I can't judge you. I was one of those dumb fucking kids who had like the mustache, like that was not a mustache. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> the patchy mustache. Yeah, like yeah. The, like the, yeah. That was that dude. So. so at that time, I was reading stuff like Preacher and Walking Dead, and True. I just read Watchmen for the first time and mm-hmm. Vendetta. So I thought all the indie stuff was cool. And some of my buddies at that particular time said, you should read Civil War. 
And then um, some of them said, before reading Civil War, read all this other stuff. And this was a really kind of, for me, a golden age for comics because this was, it started out with Avengers Disassembled, then House of M, then Civil War, then Secret Invasion, then um, Dark Avengers, and then Siege. These are all massive stories that people mm-hmm. love now, but of course hated back then. Oh, 1,000%. Yeah. And also, this is an era of uh, Ed Brubaker's Captain America run after he, before and after he died. Yeah. This is Matt Fraction's X-Men stuff. Mm-hmm. This is Bendis's Daredevil, Jessica yes. Jones. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of great... It might be the tail end of his Daredevil run. Yeah, right? but then at least that, I think that leads to Ed Brubaker's run. Yeah. So but yeah, this was um, this was roughly the time I started fading with keeping up with all the storylines. Mm-hmm. Not because they were getting bad, just because my like, life was getting fucking incredibly difficult. Yeah, and it's never stopped being incredibly difficult. No. <laughs> so like, I just fuck it, just go back to comics. That, that, um, that's called being realizing you're an adult. It's just yeah. gonna stay at that base level yeah. of manageable. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much that. Yeah. So there's a lot of creative, great stuff happening in this like 10 year frame. And this is like, for the most part, before the movies even kicked in. The yeah. Movies. Um, so when I read it, I started getting back into Marvel around right after Civil War. So I went mm-hmm. backwards and I read Avengers Disassembled. And basically, in that book, because I know you didn't read it, right? I did not. No. If so I did, it was forever ago and I have no working memory of it. It's a really weird book because if you walk, if you jump into the book, you're just thrown into like hell on earth, where essentially every bad thing that can happen to the Avengers happens in that book and they have no fucking clue why. So, for example, there's a scroll invasion and mm-hmm. an Ultron army invasion. Like one of the former Avengers, Jack something, he's like a really old school Avenger. I can't remember the name right now. Okay. But he's been dead. And then he's there at the front door of the Avengers Mansion, and they're like, oh shit, dude, what are you doing here? And then he explodes and destroys half the mansion. Jesus fucking. And that's Christ. like the opening of the fucking book. Wow. When all the all the main Avengers are just kind of hanging out at the mansion doing their thing. Yeah. Okay. So I, I hope they do that in the comics eventually. Like have an Avengers Mansion. I always like that idea of like a home for them. Yeah. But they the, never in the com- like they're not doing that right now in the comics? No, they haven't had a mansion in a while. Oh, interesting. They have like an Avengers Tower and everything. Oh, yeah, that's right. They moved to a tower. Yeah, they're not doing the yeah. mansion anymore. Probably yeah. like the, man- the idea yeah. of the mansion. But, um, and in that book, uh, Hawkeye dies in that book. Can we talk about how many mansions there seems to be in the city of New York? <laughs> <laughs> if you're rich, you know, certain parts. Um, yeah, Hawkeye dies. Um, she Hulk goes crazy. And I think she's the one who killed Vision in that book or dismantled him. Mm, um, that's vaguely familiar. Died. I think some more minor characters died in that book too. But like, there's a lot. Hawkeye, of right? Hawkeye yeah, dies. Hawkeye too, right? dies. Yeah, okay. he dies in that book. Well, like the big shocker. Um, and Vision mainly too, because they didn't want to put them back together because they didn't know what to do. Because like, if I remember correctly, a bunch of mini Ultrons like jumped out of his mouth and then invaded. Like, all these people that shouldn't be there at one time were there. And eventually, at the end of the book, they realized this is actually all Wanda. She's fucking up with reality and they don't understand why. And it, the book kind of ends with the Avengers feeling like they failed everyone. They lost friends. They don't know how to handle Wanda and the Avengers actually break up. 
And that's, mm-hmm. that's why the book is called that. Also, mm-hmm. at the same time, Thor, I think the actual Ragnarok story is happening. So oh, Thor okay. is also considered dead. So there's no Thor, like, it's bad times for them. And this book opens up with Wanda kind of still fucking with reality, trying to have kids again that mm. aren't real. And this is such a really pivotal moment in Marvel because... If you also remember, all the big stories happening in the movies right now are really based off stuff from the early 2000s, not the yes. 80s, not the 90s. Other than Infinity Gauntlet, everything else that's major happening is from the early 2000s. Yeah. So this Avengers Disassembled led into Young Avengers. Because there were no actual Avengers, you oh, had yeah, yeah. brought in the mm-hmm. Young Avengers. They yeah. actually met up at the uh, ashes of the mansion in the first issue. Damn. So a lot of this stuff is branching off from that. And this actually branches into my love-hate relationship with Michael Bendis, Brian Michael Bendis. I think when Bendis cares, he can be a phenomenal writer. But when he's phoning it in, he really fucking phones it in. Yeah, I agree, yeah. And, for example, like, let's talk about his Daredevil run or his amazing um, Ultimate Spider-Man run. Mm-hmm. But they compare it to his Guardians of the Galaxy run where he admits that he never read an issue of Guardians of the Galaxy. He just saw the movie. Oh, and Jesus. fucking shows. Oh, Jesus. And some of his ideas when he did uh, X-Men sucked. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah, I was... That was sense. that was the only... At the time, because I did, you know... As, as you know, and as I've said on the show, I think a few times, really the only comics I have ever truly kept up with have been X-Men, Spider-Man, and Daredevil. Yeah. Um. So... Bendez has touched all of those, obviously. So, like, I, I mainly read his Ultimate Spider-Man shit and his incredible fucking Daredevil run. Yeah. And so when I later read his, because I stopped reading when he was doing like this House of M stuff and whatever. Yeah. But like when I got when I he started doing the fucking X-Men shit where they went and got the younger X-Men and all that nonsense. Yeah. That's when I was like, oh shit, my, is he not good anymore? <laughs> Well, that wasn't his first X-Men Sin. And actually, that's a book I want to get to because this is kind of the beginning of Bendez kind of controlling the universe that involves X-Men. So I thought it'd be really cool if next time we do a book special, it's uh, Avengers vs. X-Men. Because oh, Bendez wrote God. the ending of that book and I fucking hate it. And I want to go over it. <laughs> yeah, I hated that book. Yeah. So anyway, with House of M, they know the problem is Wanda and they don't really know how to fucking handle it. So <clears throat> let's get into it. Chapter let's one. Xavier is trying to figure out how to handle Wanda and kind of break her out of her own brain. A lot of you have seen WandaVision. Think of that, but a little more extreme. She's not just messing up a town. She's manipulating all of reality. And the only things holding her together are basically Xavier and Doctor Strange. And they're keeping her on the ashes of Genosha because there's nothing there and no one she can really hurt. Yeah. And Magneto, this had to be a little bit after Magneto lost everyone on Genosha. So he's kind of just a broken old man at this point. Yeah. Yeah, because this would have, because that was, what, 2003? Yeah, so this is right after the Grant Morrison run. Yeah. Is that that one here? You keep talking. I'm going to look at what the Grant Morrison run was. So this book, when I read it, I want to say I read this before Avengers Assembled. I went Mm -hmm. backwards a little bit for a lot of my books. But um, I was in shock because you, you have literally the Avengers and the X-Men debating on should they kill Wanda? Yeah. 
they cannot control her. And I love this scene because you have people like Captain America saying, hey, why are we even acknowledging this? We shouldn't be talking about this. Fuck yeah. this. Like, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But Wolverine saying, hey, if it was me, I want you to do it. Like everyone's in character, but it's such a tough decision. Yeah. You have Spider-Man saying like, so if I ever go crazy, you're just going to mm-hmm. kill me, which has yeah. happened and before when he turned into man spider. Exactly. So like it is that debate. And as the reader, I don't know who I agree with because yes, Wanda is fucking with reality. Emma even has a great line saying, if people find out there's a mutant who is bending reality, it's going to me- and kill the beloved Avengers. Mm-hmm. That's going to mess up human mutant relations. For major. sure, yeah. Honestly, Emma was the one who kind of got me over to the, oh, me kill is too strong, but is there another way to neutralize her? Yeah. So, so okay, real quick, before we go past that, um, yeah. a, a couple years off, but uh, his new mutant run was in May of 20, 2001 is when it started. So, and okay. then Genosha was that first book, was it not? Or the second yeah. book? So like, yeah, so it was not that long ago. Yeah. So they're having this debate and I liked also the idea of them saying, hey, Wanda's an Avenger. That's our problem. Like, no, no, no. She's a mutant. That's our problem. I think Kitty was the one who said, are we trying to protect mutants? And I think Emma was like, listen, we do what needs to be done for everyone. You know? Yeah. Like Emma is the kind of the level-headed one in a weird way. She generally tends to be though. Yeah. And this is no nonsense. Yeah, and Sorry, this is my first exposure again. to my my favorite relationship is Emma and Scott. Yes. Yeah. I think they deserve each other more than anything else. I believe Scott is better when he's with Emma. And this too. is my first exposure to that where I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, they're a good team. Yeah. I I have long said that as much as I love Jean Grey and as much as I love Cyclops and even as much as I love that couple, I think Scott is way better with fucking Emma. And I think Emma, a character. And I think Jean is better when she's away from Scott. Yeah. yeah. I always had the idea. I always loved the idea of Jean is who high school Scott wanted, but as mm-hmm. an adult, he needs Emma. Exactly. And Jean needs to be away from her childhood so that she can focus on the very strong, incredibly smart woman that she is and, you know, get shit done. Yeah. And also, because we kind of went by it, fantastic art by um, Oliver something. Oh, yeah. Oliver Copiel or something like that. Yeah. He, yeah. I like his work. Yeah. His art's always really top notch. I have a, um, I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's him. I have a poster he did of Rogue and Gambit. It was really neat. Nice. So next up, we have Quicksilver basically just pre-morning trying to convince his father like hey they're gonna come kill your daughter my sister like you fucking owe us after all the shit we've been through you need to find a way to protect us and he's kind of like what do you want me to do man i don't know what the fuck is going on like i am a broken man right now i went there's something i can't remember he went through something during avengers disassembled also i just can't remember right now i'm doing all this from memory by the way yeah um but he's just like, I don't know what to do, man. I really don't. I'm at the end of my fucking rope. You know, like Magneto is aware he fucked up as a father. Mm-hmm. It took him a long time, but he's aware that he failed as a father. And he's just like, Pietro, sorry, man. There's even that little moment I really liked where he's speed yelling and he's like, Pietro, no one can understand you when you're doing <laughs> this. Like, <Yeah. laughs> this means nothing to me. 
Um, and then the book ends with the Avengers and X-Men. We don't really know what the decision is, but they're going to Genosha to see Wanda. And they even say, like, hey, if anything happens, can you guys control her? And um, Xavier and Strange are both like, yeah, we can for a little bit. Like, we can do something. They get to her bed. She's not there. They're going everywhere trying to find her. And eventually they go to a room to find her and a big flash happens. And the book ends with Peter Parker waking up in bed, hearing a baby scream. And he's next to Gwen Stacy, his new wife. And that's how the first issue, first issue, yeah, first chapter ends. And yeah, talk about a hook, man. It's a great again. When Bendis cares, he's fucking mm. phenomenal. Yeah. And I think my only gripe with almost every chapter in this whole event as a whole is I wish they went a little further, like longer issues to really build this new world. Yeah. My biggest gripe is that a lot of story takes place in the previous previously like like yeah. the or like the like the little summary in the beginning you know yeah. like there's a lot of information that gets put in there that was never shown in the previous issue that and, and also like, like there this was the beginning of or i guess the next stage of a lot of tie-ins with the event yes so if you look up this event you'll see at least seven different tie-in books that have yeah. like four different tie-in books in the trade yeah which it's- definitely pisses off fans and i totally get it yeah I, I think i hate that shit man yeah but i think this event out of all of them would have been great kind of like um age of apocalypse if they dedicated a year to this reality holy fuck right that would have been great and to like have these character stories yeah and like and like yeah you can have this series going on but then instead of like yeah just like a- aoa and then like the spider-man book now whatever the spider-man book at the time was being published he's now married to gwen stacy you know what i mean like that's yeah. just yeah that would have been fucking neat i didn't and this book actually made me kind of want to read the tie-ins and i'm surprised marvel never made like an ultimate edition of this book where it has all the tie-ins and a big omnibus yeah that would be huge though let me tell i can tell you how many because i'm on the marvel universe app or whatever the hell okay. it's called because you see there's a good uh, track of doing that where if they have a major event and tie-ins they just make a whole omnibus like 150 bucks mm-hmm. of all the tie-ins i love that for house of m because the costume design that we're going to get to i love a lot of the costume designs in this book um so chapter two opens up and we start seeing this new reality now not really a spoiler but emma or not emma wanda gave them kind of all her friends what they always wanted so mutants in this reality reign supreme, but the heroes kind of get what they always wanted. And I love that idea because Spider-Man in his dream reality has a kid with Gwen and not Mary yeah, Jane. I know. I love that. There's so there's so much existential fucking fallout from this book. Yeah. <laughs> incredible. Real quick, um, according to the the Marvel Unlimited app says main story and tie-ins together. 50 comics like 50 issues yeah that's fucking insane and i think you could have wiped out like half of that if you just made these issues longer yeah so as a reader if you want to know more sure go to that tie-in but Mm -hmm. you don't have to go to that tie-in to get these characters that's the one downside yep Um, i I agree because i read i read this without any tie-ins and i found it frustrating that it just seemed like stuff happened in between issues and i'm like wait what yeah so let's get into in chapter two we get a lot of what these characters are now like the main players in this book 
So, for example, I love that Captain America is just an old guy living in the Bronx. Fuck yeah, he is. You get the check from the government. He was maybe he was still Captain America in the past, but he didn't. He never got frozen. So just an old guy. Yeah, I really like that. That was like a little sweet moment of like he's just doing his thing, mind his own business. Yeah, that's man. what he always wanted. That's yep. Steve Rogers just wanted to live his life. And he just wanted to grow old, like we got in the movies eventually. Yep. Uh, what else? Cyclops and Emma are married. It seems like Emma is like a counselor for mutants. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they reference that the Fantastic Four died in in their in their experiment, their space experiment. Oh, Emma is counseling um, Franklin. Oh, okay. He's a mutant, which that's a whole other thing. Uh, Wonder Man is a guest on. That's Dazzler, right? Yep, that's Dazzler. Yeah. On Dazzler's talk show, and Wonder Man's like the world's most popular celebrity, mm-hmm. and Carol Danvers is the world's most popular superhero yep. or a human, as yep. they say. In the book. Yeah. And Gambit is just a thief. That's Gambit like, is living his dream. Gambit is out there living his truth. He's living his best life. He's just a thief. But I did like they had a little. He crashed into like a little monument of a uh, sentinel. Yeah. And if you read it, it's just something like the last time mutant blood will be spilled or something like that yeah uh kitty's just a teacher and luke cage just lives in hell's kitchen with a bunch of kind of lower level superheroes and human superheroes and they're kind of the new resistance that we find out later but i did like the exchange between luke cage and falcon about like oh falcon you're the token human huh that, that's pretty cool like look at you being a token. like yeah i get it i get what the conversation is actually saying yeah yeah but yeah. i like that i really love especially during this era of comics um dr strange being the therapist for the century do you know anything about century not really no so this is really cool and kind of a hint towards the future of bendez marvel universe stuff because the century he is marvel's superman with split personality disorder uh, okay and the other personality is called the void and it's just like this black demon basically it's okay. like dark void demon and it's always he bob is always fighting himself because every time century saves someone the void will do something terrible yeah that's fucking so hard. yeah it, there's a really great story in the dark avengers bendis run that's really really good it's all about like norman osborne trying to figure out how to control that <laughs> mm-hmm. which doesn't go great of course of course it doesn't yeah um what else we got colossus living out his life on a russian farm yeah peaceful russian farm colossus is great and there's a great little part that i think says a lot in just like three pages it's hank and i want to say hank pym do they say which yeah it's pym yeah it's pym. um and it's pym having all these great ideas and hank's kind of like condescending him just like that's great for a human but you know you can't do that because it might be considered a little dangerous to like mess with mutant dna and get powers yeah. and this and that and blah blah and you kind of see that mutants don't really treat humans the best no they do not <laughs> which i think is a realistic take on yeah if someone is doing good someone else is doing bad there's no perfect reality there is no there, there has yet to be yeah and i really like the idea when he's just like yeah hank you know for a human you're doing pretty good and like hey, Tony Stark is the world's most successful human. You know, that's really great for him, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah. moments like that are really nice. I really like yeah, that. Yeah. And if this book came out after Iron Man 1, he would have actually been in this book. <laughs> yeah. 
people forget that Iron Man was not the most popular character. No, nobody gave a fuck about Iron Man before Robert Downey Jr. told people to give a fuck about Iron Man. Like before Civil War, yeah, no one really gave a shit. No, like he was borderline B list. Mm -hmm. I would say so. Yeah. So it was really funny that he's not even in this book. um so yeah i think that was really interesting getting little bits and again like it would have been cool to get like we mentioned before like a bigger version of this reality we get that kind of cool newspaper section i think in the second issue where, like you see wolverine opens the newspaper and you see like little details so the oh, first yeah, yeah. the second chapter ends with wolverine waking up but out of all people wolverine still has his memories oh, of course he does because of course with so many times <laughs> of course wolverine has to be our fucking hero well that but i did like the idea that he's been yes. fucked with so many times that you can't fuck with it anymore. it does make it, it does kind of make sense when you think about it though and in wolverine's perfect reality he's basically nick fury he mm-hmm. runs this version of shield his girlfriend's mystique she references how she can change every night for him you know yeah. And I love the design of this version of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, they're weird Iron Man-esque um, Sentinels. The costume design looks really cool and, like, regal in a weird way. Mm-hmm. So, issue three opens up with Wolverine basically just investigating what this reality is. By, of course, dramatic Wolverine fa- fashion. Just jumping off the helicarrier. Yeah, why not? Yeah, just jump. You're going to be fine. So, just jump off it. And when he looks around, we get a cool glimpse of this world, which honestly, uh, structure-wise, I, I thought it would have been cool to just open the book with this. Like, yeah. that would have been really cool if you opened the book with, you're as confused as Wolverine is. Yeah, that would have been cool. That would have been cool. I mean, either way it works, but. Yeah. So you have Wolverine trying to figure out what that was going on. Oh, yeah, this is where you get the newspaper section. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of, like, a million different things. Like, Spider-Man is out in the open he everyone knows spider-man's peter parker yeah you have a lot of little nice details and little nods to different stuff in this reality uh and then we have wolverine go to the mansion and it's just some random family living there he's still confused what the fuck's going on yeah <laughs> and eventually they, he finds out there's a tracker in his body for being with shield which you know he should have known about for sure. and this shield team seems to be Spider-Woman, Mystique, Nightcrawler, Toad, and Rogue. Which, Jessica Drew's not a mutant, right? No, she is, yeah. She is? Yeah, yeah. Spider-Woman? She's a, yeah. Yeah, she's a mutant. What? Yeah, I'm gonna look it up. I just feel like there's so much I don't really know about her. She's just been there. Uh, I'll, weird. Maybe I'm wrong. I'll, I'll get back to you, though. Like, I know she has history with Hydra and stuff. I don't know. Whatever. So the big stinger of this last chapter is when Wolverine's running away from S.H.I.E.L.D., Cloak pops up, sucks him in, and he appears with the Resistance, which is like Luke Cage and Iron Fist, and it's revealed Hawkeye, because Hawkeye's back in this universe, Clint Barton's alive, and that's kind of like the big stinger of the last chapter, of chapter three. Oh, I guess she's not immune. Yeah, yeah, she's not immune, okay. Like, her whole history is interesting, which... I guess she's getting a movie soon and Daisy Ridley might play her, which is interesting casting. Hmm. I'm not totally against that. No, I like Daisy Ridley. Yeah. You don't think she's a Mary Sue? 
No, I think she's I think she's cool, man. Yeah, yeah uh, I love back to these outfits though. I really do love those outfits. All of the design when we meet um, Magneto's whole family, the royal mm-hmm. like clothing is great. The shield clothing is great. Even the new character designs, like I've I've seen a little bit of the Italian books, and those designs are really good. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really really something different. So part four opens up with Magneto. And I remember as the reader, we're supposed to think that Magneto is the one who convinced Wanda to do all this. So when we see Magneto right now, he doesn't seem like super happy, just kind of like content. It's a mm-hmm. little hard to read. Yeah. Like he, we do know he is the greatest person on the planet right now. He Absolutely. is fine, essentially. Because why is that's is why that's what he dreams about every night he goes to bed yeah that is his perfect world he's yeah. a superior and he's the fucking best uh hawkeye just shoots wolverine and goes like you know what he's not worth the risk let's just fucking kill him then he wakes up and he tells him the tracker in his brain so get ready and we get a close-up shot of these sentinels and again really fucking cool looking i love the design of these they and really are cool they look like gladiator helmets and shit yeah and then we see that reason Luke Cage even entertained the idea of having Wolverine there is because a little girl told him the same thing. All right. So Layla tells Wolverine about the previous timeline. And he's like, yeah, it's okay. You're not going crazy. I remember it too. You're a mutant. Congratulations. <laughs> We're all yeah. here together. And again, they all assume that Magneto is behind all this. So they have to stop him. And then they start giving people back. Well, first they go to Emma because Emma can go in her brain and then Emma can give other people back the right memories. So chapter five opens up with Emma helping bring back everyone's memories. And you have like a big montage of helping multiple people get their memory back. It looked like She-Hulk and Daredevil were like together romantically because they're both lawyers. Mm. Sure. Uh, But the hardest one is Spider-Man. Oh god! Get the memories back, <laughs> Spider-Man, dude. Oh my god! Dustin to have a shitty time. Um, he looks back and goes, "Uncle Ben," and sees his child with Uncle Ben being all happy, knowing it's all bullshit. <laughs> it's fucking insane. It's so fucked up. <laughs> it really is, and like, thankfully, because Wolverine knows him, he's like, "Give him a second. We need to give him a second yeah everything ever wanted and we're taking it away which kind of applies to almost everyone truly but like it's so much worse for spider-man and like it's the woman he loves who he still blames himself for killing yep his uncle who he still blames himself for killing (laughs) and it's a fucking kid you know like he has a child for christ's sake you know like yeah, it's, it's pretty fucked. Especially when you have that whole big splash page of his life. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he's been through some shit. And yeah, like we mentioned before, we'll, mention, we'll probably talk about more in the, in the last chapter, but like when you go back to your normal life, remembering that your perfect life is nothing like it. Yeah. Life. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's gotta, cool. like, yeah. I, I, I can't even begin to imagine how you fucking live with something like that. Yeah, that's fucked. Um, I did like a little moment they had where they see Cap and it's like, no, just let him chill. Yeah, that's that was cute. It was cute and also like, what can he do in his state right now? Yeah, that, there's that. And it's also like, just 
like let him have the, the respect, you know, like just like the, we can do it without Cap. Let him, let him have this one. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. And that is that issue ends. Issue five ends with Magneto standing over Xavier's grave. Now, I found it really interesting about the people Wanda chose to kill in this universe, like the Fantastic Four, like almost like they could figure it out how to stop her. Yeah, the, the people who could stop Wanda were the people who were eliminated. And even with Doctor Strange, like you have Doctor Strange with probably the toughest patient to deal with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's busy because if you're dealing with Bob, he's a fucking psychopath when it comes down to it. Even yeah. later in the story, his regular human version's not the best person. So um, we kick off chapter six, where we have a better idea of who royalty is in this new world, which is Dr. Doom, Black Panther, and Storm, Namor, and of course, the House of Magnus. And you get this awesome splash page of the whole family and their human daughter, Wanda. And it's like, all right, what's going on? Yeah. yeah. Wanda's the only human, which which makes Magneto more sympathetic to human struggles. So he doesn't just kill them all. Yeah. <laughs> um, and eventually, and I really like this other shot when Magneto's having this huge get together with all the royalty in the world. They just like crash a sentinel into him, <laughs> which of course he catches. And as he catches it, you have all our heroes jump off and a huge battle ensues. But in the meantime, Emma, Cloak, and uh, someone else, I forgot who, they go to check where Xavier is and they find his grave. They go inside the grave and realize it's empty. So that's another question of where the fuck is Xavier then in this universe, which technically is never answered. Where, who, wait, I'm sorry, who? Xavier. Yeah, no, they, yeah, he's just dead. Like, I don't like, but his body's not in there. Yeah. So, like, she's hiding him somehow. Like, she's just ceased to make him exist. Yeah. So, that I found kind of interesting too. But that's not explained until like later in other X Men issues, basically, <laughs> where he comes back walking. So, then we have Magneto's Royal Guard, which is essentially the Brotherhood of Mutants in different clothes. If you look at the actual people fighting, Mm-hmm. you see like blob and stuff like that you see yeah. brotherhood of mutant characters but now they're just royalty and they're fighting off all the heroes and then we find out when dr strange goes inside wanda's mind that quicksilver is the one who convinced wanda not magneto yep and in this moment man i feel for quicksilver like he's he's now stuck between the Avengers who have become his family during this time when Wanda, if you guys don't know, Wanda and Quicksilver were villains, you know, they're the, the yeah. daughter and son of Magneto and they were sent to fight the Avengers and the Avengers accepted them as members. Uh, it was Wanda, Vision, I mean, sorry, Wanda, Quicksilver, Hawkeye and uh, Black Widow. They were all bad guys mm-hmm. originally. And they joined the Avengers and became a family. These are the people they trust. And then on the other side of it, you have the X-Men, the people who always try to gain the trust of Wanda and Quicksilver. And they're coming to kill your sister. And the only person you can turn to is your father, who is a piece of shit. Historically a piece of shit. Yeah. There are no... There are no heroes in this story. And there are not really any villains either there are just desperate people 
Kind of, yeah, because on both sides, because like Wolverine and those other Avengers are desperate because they want their life back. But is life really that bad? Mm-hmm. Especially for mutants. Like, yes, for humans, it's not the best. Like, it's not terrible. They're not like it's not genocide. It's just mutants are humans are being phased out naturally. Yeah, I, and I I would say that yes, they're they're the heroes because they're trying to save the world. Because right now the yeah. world is not what it should be, and it is we don't know what the ramifications of something like that would be but these are also the people who were seriously debating murdering scarlet witch you know what i mean like they're not really the highest moral grounds they have either it's definitely everyone's fault of the situation when it comes down to it but yes but it's more pietro's fault more pietro yeah, yeah but like when you have that situation of like you have no one but each other again it's reverted back to where it's just you two. You're trying to convince your dad. And he's like, dude, I give up. I don't know what the fuck to do. And he's just like, fuck it. You know what, Wanda? With me by your side, I'll help you keep control. And mm-hmm. if you think about it, if she lied to herself to think she doesn't have powers anymore, that could help control and stabilize everything. Kind of like WandaVision TV show. Yeah. Where she's oblivious that she's the one doing all this. And Quicksilver is kind of keeping her in check and watching everything. And hey, you get your two kids. Congrats. Like you have, they're real now, you know, because what is reality? You know, it's it's what you make it. That's what you're literally making. And in this moment, Hawkeye tries to kill Wanda because with his memories back, he knows Wanda's the one who fucking killed him. Yeah. And again, much like uh, WandaVision, he's dissolving like those characters were in that. Mm -hmm. And now Wanda's losing control of reality in every sense. She can't hold anything together, which leads to Magneto realizing what Quicksilver did, and he kills Quicksilver. Like, at first I'm like, did he just attack him? But it looks like he killed them and Wanda revives him. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm first, sorry, like, I'm looking at the book to see, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah he does, he does. Like, yeah. he's, and again, like, fuck Magneto, because the way he says it, is like you did this in my name. How dare you? Yeah. Is this yeah, still about you, motherfucker? <laughs> it's always about Magneto. It's always about Magneto. But here, real quick, I, this is why I got distracted for a minute. I think what's it, what's his name go go on to be Wiccan? Is that what he is that? Yeah. One? Yeah. I Wiccan think. Yeah, I think Wiccan dissolves Hawkeye. Because like when he sees in this scene, he sees his mom get killed and he shouts, shut up. And that's when like he starts dissolving. Well, I think in this Wiccan is more of an extension of Wanda, not really his own person. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah, yeah. But um, and again, for some reason, especially in action scenes, Oliver is really good with these action scenes. And like these images of Magneto, with like energy vibrating around him and like yeah. smoke and ash around him and looking fucking pissed. And Quicksilver was kind of like, I did this shit for you. This is what you always wanted. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Wanda went inside everyone's mind and literally gave you guys what you deeply desired. Mm-hmm. Like now he, I feel even worse for him because like he feels like he did the right thing for everyone. But he very much did not. Yes. Well, it's again like Wanda, the end of WandaVision, when she thinks she's helping the town, helping yeah. herself, and helping Vision. When really, mm-hmm. no, this is for you. 
you know but it's, yes you feel bad and you feel the years of daddy issues <laughs> with Quicksilver. oh my lord and then he kills him and it's a weird panel because like wanda floats in and kind of like age of ultron this snaps her out of it like the death of her brother yeah and then she revives him and hugs him and just feels like this all happened because of fucking mutants that's what ha- really- specifically it all happened because of magneto yes who is a mutant yes who has always put mutants before his children always put his cause before his children so she's blaming all of mutants yep for her daddy issues yes and says the famous three words which i'm going to let you say more mutants yep and then we have issue eight the final issue of this uh event which for better or worse feels more like an epilogue than a final issue like just kind of wrapping up everything yeah because i mean that's just the end now that's the status quo for now still oh yeah like i'll get i'll definitely want to get into the repercussion of just this event that yeah. really holds up but we cut to you say layla right uh, yes layla rose miller there we go that's her name uh, who also is a great character in uh peter david's x factor she really oh. grows into her own character because she's oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 shit yeah yeah um who looks like a fangirl because you look in her room she has a bunch of posters of superheroes yeah she and also she- has on her bed, I'll post a picture of it on Twitter for everybody. I have that little skeleton-looking toy. Oh, that is a that is an actual toy from uh, Johnny Vasquez, the creator of Invader Zim. It's called oh. Spooky, the thing what squeaks. <laughs> I have one in my apartment, and I will take a photo and put it up on Twitter after this is announced. After this is released, very cool. Um, we cut to what we mentioned before. Peter waking up next to Mary Jane and looking fucking depressed. Jesus Christ. How do you fucking like... How? My boy Peter. Oh my God. Pete. And we see, basically it seems like only people whose memories are given back to them during the event remember everything. Yeah. And the whole group in the Avengers Tower just looks like well, fuck. <laughs> we just been through a lot. Like, what do we do with that? And like, Doctor Strange looked like he was just like in a massive battle. Yeah. Which doesn't really get explained, right? I think because he was a he was out of the actual fray. He was in the astral plane, basically dealing with Wanda. So yeah. I think he's the only one who like still is like recovering from the fight because it wasn't like just a dream in his world. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, then we cut to the uh, X-Mansion where Wanda, oh, not Wanda, Emma wakes up outside and is like, oh, God, no, please. And she immediately goes to Cerebro to see what happened to the mutants. And I like this little moment where Cyclops is like, wait a minute, where's Logan? If he has no powers, he's going to die immediately. Yeah. Of course, so, Scott's first thought. Yeah. <laughs> where's my boyfriend? Where's the man? Uh, so uh, Nightcrawler is looking everywhere for him and finds him. And he says, I remember all of it, including, from, I think later we find out, his whole life. No, it says it right here. He's like, uh, yeah. I remember oh, my yeah. whole life. I <laughs> my remember whole life. all of it. 
So that's a lot for him to take in right now. <laughs> Holy shit. Between like Pete, like I still think Peter has it worse, but like not by not by much because now Wolverine has to remember every awful fucking thing he's ever done. And that's, does that include two lives? Does that include the House of M life? <laughs> yes. He remembers all of it. That's insane i'm sorry logan frankly i wouldn't be surprised if he remembers like age of apocalypse you know what i mean like (laughs) fuck so that's fucked and this leads to honestly one of my favorite storytelling aspects of x-men that now they went from millions of mutants or tens of thousands maybe even a million Mm -hmm. about i think later i don't know what they say in this issue but later like 300 there wasn't that many mutants left at the very end. Yeah, I don't think it says in this particular book. How yeah, many. I think it was only like two or three hundred mutants left. Yeah, I, three hundred sounds familiar. Yeah. So, and we see a few famous mutants like Bobby, who is like sweating, <laughs> just like because yeah, he's milky. Right, what's going on, guys? And like a few of the kids in the school being like, "What's wrong with me? What just happened?" Yeah. And they go to Genosha to see Magneto. Because I think they still blame Magneto, not Quicksilver. Yes, I think so too. Yeah, they don't know that it was really Pietro. And then we see Magneto just trying to lift a fork, and he can't. He has yeah. no powers. We also see back at the destroyed Avengers Mansion, Hawkeye's um, costume pinned to the wall. Because after this, that's when he becomes Ronan. Yeah, oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I see, like, this actually influenced a lot of shit that we still yeah. celebrate now, but during the time, just bitched and moaned about change um so we see magneto's kind of again still a broken man now with no fucking powers and wolverine seems like wolverine doesn't kill him because he thinks it's a worse fate just to make him be this yeah damn like he says it like yeah the rest of your crap life as a human like as a savior <laughs> yeah that's fucked up too man and we last thing we see is wanda just living her best life in a village <laughs> with a basket and some food. And then it says that um, energy can't be destroyed. And it shows the earth and then shows a big energy ball in the corner of the earth. Yeah. And that is the end of House of M. Yeah. How many X's would you give House of M these days? So there's two ways of looking at it. As a book by itself, purely by itself, I give it four X's. But because of what the book led to in the future of just the X-Men franchise, but also the whole Marvel franchise, I give it five X's. That's what I kind of want to get into because because of this book, it kind of got me not just back into Marvel, but really back into X-Men. Because as a reader, and at the time, whatever age I was, I really kept thinking, okay, so what the fuck? (laughs) What the fuck? are the mutants going to do now? Yeah. Like, I have to know how the X-Men are going to handle being almost extinct. Mm-hmm. And this led to Ed Brubaker's run of X-Men. It led to Matt Fraction's run. It le- led to um, Messiah Complex, which means hope. Yeah. The better, the best version of the X-Force led to that. It led to the Utopia storyline, oh, yeah. which now becomes like a precursor to what we're, what we're dealing with right now yeah. with Krakoa. It led to a lot of the status quo changes that are still being dealt with today. Yeah, I mean... You the can't fucking... say with a lot of 
events. No, it's it. The fact that they let it stick, even like even as they started just randomly giving mutants back their powers. Yeah, it led to a lot of convoluted ways that mutants got back their powers. Yes. (laughs) So, like, I will say yes, as a book, I give it four X's. But because of the way Marvel handled trying to like shoehorn back in characters they wanted to have powers again, I say like three X's, man, because like it (laughs) it led to it it led to a lot of cool things, but it also led to a lot of annoying things. So on the yes, that because I remember like especially there's a whole um, I think it was X Men Legacy where Magneto had to go Mm -hmm. to Exodius in space and like there was a machine that gave him back his powers and all yeah. this shit. I mean, it, it brought fucking Onslaught back. It, did. it should <laughs> never also, be. It gave us hope. Yeah. It gave us the character of hope. It gave us the, um, the X-Force that was, you know, more focused around X-23 and, 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 um, and who wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh. We got amazing Archangel storylines from that. Okay. Like, stuff like that. There's even a great issue where like a bunch of kids were being sent home because they didn't have powers anymore and like yeah. the purifiers murdered them because they still had mutant DNA. Yep. Like, uh, okay, cool. here, here's here's a, a good thing that came from it that we still see today as well. So according to the ramifications article on Wikipedia that I'm reading, <laughs> with all like we like you mentioned, with all that mutant energy released into the that big sphere thing. That is what revived Vulcan, the third Summers brother. That's what, according to this, he was revived from his long slumber in space by that energy ball. Well, was that before or after War of Kings? I'm going to assume after because that's what knocked him out, right? But when did War... I'm going to look up when War of Kings came out. I thought War of Kings came out after that. All right. Because I read that. It's a really good book. If you guys are into the cosmic stuff of, of uh, Marvel, War of Kings is an awesome book. Just read like the first few trades of Guardians of the Galaxy and then go into War of Kings. Yeah, War of Kings was 2009. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe maybe Wikipedia doesn't know everything. Or it revived him. That's when he became the king of the Shire Empire and took over. Oh, you know what? Probably. That's probably what happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think this led to a more forcefully creative time for x-men books also like there's just a lot of books i remember reading at this time because then i started working at the library a few years later i got to catch up on all the middle ground i missed Mm -hmm. and we just had so many great stories but like utopia and on like the more broader marvel side so basically if you guys want you want a good broad view of everything that happened during those years you go avengers disassembled house of m road to civil war then civil war then secret invasion then Dark Avengers, and then um, The Siege, or just Siege. Those event books really give you what's happening in all the Marvel Universe and what the main storyline is. So if it wasn't for House of M, you wouldn't have the repercussions in Civil War. And then Civil War leads into Secret Invasion, and then Osborn saves everyone and becomes the head of S.H.I.E.L.D., which leads to Dark Avengers. Like, there's some really good stuff. And for the most part, it is Bendis. Bendis didn't write Civil War, but he wrote all the other events. Yeah, who did Civil War again? I can't remember. Mark Miller. That's right. Yeah. Um, and I think Bendis really knocks out of the park with bo- most of those books. Like like I said before, like I'm hit and miss sometimes. Like I think his stuff right mm-hmm. now in DC, like in DC world, he works there now. And like, he just, I don't like his stuff. He, like, he likes to do stunts for sure. 
Like a lot of shock events and shock. He, he's good for that. He's good for that. That's why I he's mean, great for events. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, he, and he revealed Daredevil's identity. You remember that? Like that was a yeah, fucking huge yeah. thing, man. Um, he also, again, if you read Dark Avengers, like that whole run is amazing because it's the concept of like, what if Norman Osborn ran S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. and then made his own Avengers group? And that's where I learned about Dakin. I didn't really know who Dakin was, oh, yeah. but Norman made Dakin that group's Wolverine. He made like Venom, that group Spider-Man, stuff like that. Oh, funny. Um, and then the actual climax of all of it being uh, Siege was awesome. And again, anytime you see a big event happen in comics, fans bitch and moan about too many tie-ins or there's too many events. But the moment that event is being made into a movie or TV series, everyone's fucking excited. Yep. Well, like, also House of M, like the the collected editions of it, like apparently were like selling out after um, WandaVision came out. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. That's why I'm shocked they didn't make like an ultimate edition. Yeah. Like DC does that all the time now, especially when their movies are coming out with it. Um, yeah. I really think the landscape of Marvel itself changed really with the Avengers disassembled, but especially like everything after House of M, where it really branched out to every, every major storyline. And I really think it's worth reading that era because I think it's like a weird magic era where because the movies weren't out yet, it was still mainly focused on the comic world instead of adapting it to make yeah. it for new movie fans and like mm-hmm. a million issue ones. No, let's just keep going because comic book fans are the only ones reading right now. Mm-hmm. Like 2000 and 2008, I think is a nice like golden age for modern Marvel. Yeah. Does that makes any sense? Yeah. I would if, agree. You, yeah. if you look at the books that came out back then like i said like brubaker's runs and bendez run and like a lot of like underage stuff that i look go back to now where i'm like oh my god that was a really good book that no one mm-hmm. gave a shit about really but like now mm-hmm. it makes sense the what the guy doing spider-man at the time what was his name the guy oh my, michael Shazinski? yeah yeah that was yeah. A, that was like oh, one of the last runs of spider-man that i vividly remember enjoying and that led into dan slot run you know like these mm-hmm. are two now legendary runs of comics and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's just it's weird to me that some people still knock it but then like i said when a movie's made about it oh my god like now we're, we're getting a secret invasion tv show like it's not going to be exactly like it but we're getting that wait we are <laughs> oh yeah you didn't know that yeah no i don't think so yeah um during that whole disney plus announcement thing one of the tv mm-hmm. shows is called secret invasion uh, it's about I'm nick gonna... fury and allegedly Daredevil and some other characters trying to figure out what's going on with the scrolls. Are they gonna what, what they, please, man? I, I want Charlie Cox to be Daredevil still. I think he's gonna be in Spider-Man 3 and they're keeping it secret. I fucking hope you're right. There's enough people saying they fucking saw him on set <laughs> that yeah. I think it's gonna happen. Like it's heavily really, rumored that he's gonna be part of Secret Invasion. I hope so. I, I, I would love for them to keep the casting of all of those characters because I think yeah. they've really nailed the casting on all of them. The actors are fantastic. Yeah, but I like I definitely, definitely hope Charlie Cox and um shit, what's Luke Cage's actor's name? Michael something. Yeah, I well I hope the dare I hope Matt Murdock and, and Luke Cage come back as the, <laughs> as those as those actors. Yeah. Hey, season one of Jessica Jones is fantastic. Yeah, but like, Just no, no, I, I, I agree. And, and even the guy who plays fucking Danny Rand, right, like, I, I would like them all to come back. Yeah. But if I could only pick two, <laughs> yeah, I would so, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, like the other two, I think, could be recast fairly well, or the other couple could be recast. And Michael, well. Michael 
Bernthal is a great Punisher. Oh, 100%. But again, another, yeah, very much. But again, another one that could probably be recast with somebody and still be good. You know what I mean? Yeah. But people definitely still want, Marvel knows people still want Charlie Cox. They better. I mean, granted, especially what happened lately, I would hate to watch Spider-Man 3 and like, it's just a lawyer that's played by the same actor. Like, oh Oh my God. (laughs) I would fucking walk the fuck out of the theater. I would just get up throw whatever popcorn I had left in the air and just walk out. <laughs> so I think our next book special, and maybe the fans can, you know, intervene and say what they want to read instead. But I think our next book special will be really cool because the kind of combination of everything that started in House of M kind of culminates in Avengers vs. X-Men. Right? I don't like that story. For I don't many reasons. I don't either. I think it'd be cool to revisit and then talk about why. Okay. Especially I have some like little behind the scenes trivia about that story, about that book and everything, why it turned out the way it did, which okay. is kind of the fault of Bendis. But mm-hmm. anyway, we'll get yeah. into that uh, then. I will I will I will agree to this. Yeah. <laughs> I will agree to this. Also, listeners, we officially decided our big movie review episode, oh, yeah. our ranking of all the movies will be our big 50th episode. I think that feels right, a special thing. For the 50th episode of our Feels show. Right. Feels right. As long as the world doesn't burn down before then. It's not. We're good. We're get we're getting we're getting yeah. there, baby. We're getting yeah, vaccinated. We're getting I might get my, my shot next week. My I might get one tomorrow. Oh yeah. I might be getting my first shot tomorrow if everything goes well. Uh my lovely girlfriend will be getting hers Friday. Her nice. parents already got theirs. My mother already got hers. My dad nice. might be getting his next week. So you know what? My my lady will get her second shot on Saturday. Oh, if we both get our shots, should we do like actually record together? Maybe <laughs> like, after you know, the se- after the second shot, after the second, second shot, shot yes. <laughs> after the second shot. Yeah, that yeah. might that might be something that uh, could happen again. Yeah, you can right. guys you can hear us make out. Yeah. On the air. Oh, yeah. it is going to be a disgusting podcast. It is going <laughs> if you are into hearing sex noise if you're like an audio like if you get real aroused by audio then this is going to be the fucking episode for you yeah then um, i probably right, did it for you too yeah uh, all right guys thank you for listening thank you for supporting us don't forget to subscribe tell your friends about it if you have no friends make some and then tell them about the podcast and then disappear and like what happened did yeah, the podcast yeah. kill them a real haunted podcast find out could be could be um review don't forget five stars or one star we're not indecisive assholes here all right you no. decide you like us or you don't like us yeah it doesn't need to be any other stars like yeah. which is ironic because we often give three x's because <laughs> <laughs> we're but, the gods it's different but it's different yeah it's definitely different um so if you want to give us any suggestions of what books you want us to read you have any cool ideas josh where can i tell you about that you can find me on Twitter and you can tell me what books you would like me to read um, at, as long as they're X-Men related at Xbrarian. It's librarian without the L. That, what? <laughs> I changed it on you. You changed it on me. I was going to make fun of you, but now I can't. <laughs> um, and you can find me at Madman3005 on Twitter. And yeah, thank you guys for listening. Until then, we'll see you in this weird Magnus-related world next time. <laughs>